Murderous snake! You're too late. You lost. I found Skywalker. Did he tell you what happened? The night I destroyed his temple, did he tell you why? I know everything I need to know about you. You do? You have that look in your eyes, from the forest. And you called me a monster. You are a monster. Yes, I am. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Eclair and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Welcome. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 306 of the Wampa's Lair podcast. I'm, as always, oh, this is episode n- number 306, Monster Mash. I can't, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, 306 episodes in, you forget what you're supposed to do. This is episode <laughs> 306, Monster Mash. How many more times can I say the number of the episode? I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Gooba Fish and Colo Clawfish to my Sando Aqua Monster. We have Carl Leclerc and Katie Horn. Gooba <laughs> 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 Fish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what it is that Dryden Voss is eating or how to pronounce it. I just know that he's eating it with corn cob holders, and that's a baller move. That's, <laughs> it's a bold choice. It is. Like, I mean, uh, you can stab a tongue with that. It's obvious, um, it, even though they were on Van, or no, they by that point they're not on Vander. So he he switched over to his summer, his favorite summer dish. Yes. <laughs> and um, all I know is that it looks like Jello, and like I'm just like Jello with a corn cob holder. That's gonna get all over your front. Like you're just gonna ruin his nice jacket. And it's just it's a baller move. <laughs> Um, well, everybody, we are we're we're so excited to be back, especially with you, Katie, um, yes. the galaxy's <laughs> biggest fan of Halloween. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wish you all could see this right now. Katie's like room is all decked out. She's got like a pretty dope Halloween dress on, and let's just say her Halloween game is stronger than Finn's biceps. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, you could lift a bus with my Halloween game. That's what I'm saying. Totally- That's how strong it is. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, you could lift a bus with the black lipstick she's got on. Yes, yes. I'll post. I'll post some selfies on Twitter. Our spook, my spooky podcasting. I'll, I'll post that on Twitter later. Yes, um, but we are here to talk with this Halloween themed episode about our favorite monster moments in Star Wars. Some of these monsters may be creatures. Some of these monsters may be humanoids. Mm. Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing. Um, <laughs> but uh, we are, we are, this is going to be so much fun. And uh, as, as 
as per the Wampa's Lair uh, repertoire, we are, of course, going to be doing this as a top five epi- um, type of deal. But before we hop into our our episode at large, we did have a matchup from a couple of weeks ago that we could not cover without the great <laughs> Katie Horn, which we pitted this great um, starfighter duel between Kylo Ren and Sir Poe Hot Dameron. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Katie was kind enough to gather the results for us. So, Katie, we hand it over to thee. Well, goodness gracious, it is Red not much of, of a match. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's really not. Uh, we have a total of 19 votes for Poe Hot Dameron and a lowly two votes for the lowly Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh you know. my goodness, well, Jason, um, what do you think? Where does your vote lie in this particular duel of all duels? That's not a duel, right? It's a dogfight, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, why? Yeah, when I posted that today, I'm like, after I did, I was like, there's something seems wrong with the wording there. It's like, yeah, it's not a duel, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> where, where were you to tell me dogfight like eight hours ago? <laughs> Sorry. Um, dogfight of the fates. <laughs> yeah, dogfight of the, dog fight of the fates. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I cannot disagree with the Larians on this one. Um, you know, he's one hell of a pilot. What more can you say? Poe Dameron is, lives... And breathes flying, you know, which makes me wonder how he's going to handle, you know, being in charge, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, so because flying is not necessarily the job of the person in charge. Um, So but at this point in particular with um, with Grey's Out and Force Awakens and Last Jedi, flying is what, you know, what gives him that that life, what gives him that energy that, you know helps him him express himself and he throws himself so fully into it that he is unstoppable um in many regards and is possibly the best pilot in the galaxy since Anakin Skywalker um careful so <laughs> careful red well oh <laughs> careful red starfighter pilot since Anakin Skywalker fair um <laughs> okay. Uh, so I I I gotta give it to Poe. Careful, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Careful that your fanboying not interfere with Carl's love of Han Solo. <laughs> right. <laughs> but nobody can handle a freighter better than Han, so let's there you go. fair enough. You know. He's the only dude that can fly a freighter like a fighter. That um, is true. Aww. But uh <laughs> You know what's so – this is like – just goes again to show the like incredible insight of, of our Larians because I was all excited. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick Poe because clearly Kylo's trying to get to that hangar bay quick so that you know somebody like Poe can't take to the skies. And it's like like eight or nine responses said that. I'm like, damn it. I'm not that smart. Yes. <laughs> well, it's not that I'm not smart, but it's like, yeah, everybody knows that, Carl. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was so, Kylo's goal. He's yeah. like, follow my lead. He's all like, we've got to kick out post show. Yeah. If he gets in the air, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be a hard fought uh, dog fight, though. I, I think Kylo's got more skills than we think. 
uh, behind the, the controls of a starfighter. But since we haven't necessarily seen those, I got to give it to Poe. Yeah, well, here's here's one thing where I, I mean, I do think like deep down, I definitely give it to Poe. But here's why I think I don't think Poe wins as easily as a lot of folks think. Think to that first episode of Resistance, right? The opening little dogfight there against that, like, I'm calling him the Red Baron because I can't remember the character's name, but he's all in red. Mm-hmm. And no, ca- call him the Red Baron. Yes, that's exactly what, you know, I just wanted to see Snoopy in his doghouse flying after him. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but like, like clearly this guy, you know, I mean, Poe says he's an ace. He's like, no one's ever scored a hit on them. Well, except me. But Poe, like, needs to help, like, he needs the help of Kaz in that moment to even, like, kind of defeat him. And he still doesn't ultimately defeat him. And in my mind, like Kylo is probably the best pilot in the first order. Um, and again, this is me just projecting. A, a, who knows if that's actually true? Um, but I feel like it would be actually a pretty good dogfight. Like I do think Poe walks away from it. Um, the one, the actually the one way I feel like I could give an edge to Kylo is if he somehow gets close enough to maybe like force persuade Poe to like hit the brakes or something real quick so they can blast him. Mm. But at the same time as well, I think some of that emotional baggage that goes into this fight because of probably Kylo's hatred of Poe, considering his Mm. relationship with his mother, I feel like could also, you know, in the same way that Anakin is so unsettled fighting Obi-Wan, Kylo would get so worked up that Poe would take advantage of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think nine times out of ten, Poe wins this dogfight. And then one time out of ten, I do give it to Kylo. So, yeah, I'm I'm in in Poe Hot Dameron's camp. Yeah, but what do you think? What do you think, Katie? I it's a lockdown because I'm going for Poe too. So it's just <laughs> sorry, Kylo. It, I was really torn, and honestly, I I thought Kylo was gonna was gonna win this one. I thought everybody would be all up in that because because uh, you know he's Anakin's grandson and Han Solo's son, and these are two really great pilots. So of course they will have you know somehow distilled the perfect amazing pilot that is Kylo Ren and people would be like, oh, and Poe doesn't even have the force, but nah. <laughs> Everybody votes for Poe and I think that's so great because <laughs> I, I love him so much too. I guess um I guess for me, uh I I I don't love the idea that Kylo's great because Anakin was great. Like yeah. specifically when it comes to flying, because right. I'm like well, he's he's Anakin's grandson, so he must be great at flying. And I'm like, well, Anakin never taught him anything. That's like saying he's Padme's grandson, so he must be a great politician. Yeah. Like, though I guess maybe he's supreme leader now. Maybe we don't know. Maybe he steps up and he's just everybody's like, wow, you actually uh, have some ideas about reform. <laughs> like, I, 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 Kyle's I gonna get rid I of intergalactic probably, taxes. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I think he probably takes a bit more after his uh, his grandfather when it comes to the politician thing. Um, <laughs> if they don't they come to agreement, they should be made yes. to. You know. <laughs> Who, who's going to make that? Um, me. I, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, Anakin's we, all like, I don't know, someone. Kylo's just like, me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh. Though, like, how how uh, you know surprised will we be if episode nine starts and like just everything's everything's great? There's you know healthcare <laughs> and everybody gets a free puppy and lollipops <laughs> every Tuesday. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo had some ideas. What do you expect? He's Padme's grandson. <laughs> He's Padme's grandson and Leia's son. You know. There we go. Ah, oh, yes. Ah, I'm sorry. Where were we? Oh, he's talking about Poe. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I do like I, I if I do put any stock in in the, like you know oh, Kylo's great because he comes from these great pilots. It would have been because Han taught him how to fly. Right. But then we we know that Han wasn't around all that much. Yeah. Um, but uh, with Poe, his his mother Shara Bay taught him how to fly every day since he was four. Yeah. Like as young as him being four years old, she took him up there and taught him how to fly, taught him how to feel the the subtle shifts in gravity, yeah. you know, it, and yeah. So I, I really, I, like Jason was saying, I feel like flying is what Poe was born to do. And so I think, uh, I think, yeah, he would, he would whoop Kylo pretty bad if he had actually made it into that, into that X-Wing. Yeah. Uh. And I think like, you know, yeah, I mean, and if you think back to Bloodline, right, like um, mm-hmm. Leia's first recruit for the resistance you know, Air Force is Poe Dameron, yeah. right? And I would like to think that yeah. Leia, of all people, has a good sense of who's a good pilot. Yeah. Um, so yeah. she's married to the best. That's right, the best, damn it. So <laughs> take your seat in second place, Poe. You'll never be Han. Um, oh, no. So, so that that's who wins the match between Han and Poe with hands, you, Carl, you think? Hands down. Han, what? Han, Han flies circles around Poe. Uh, you so. think Poe, I mean, you think Han could have cleared those surface cannons? And then out, the dodged all of those Tie Fighters. Oh, Here comes ease. the parade. Oh, with yep. ease, with ease. Oh man! All right, all right. Yeah. I mean, if he had Chewie there, certainly. Sure, that's true. But again, Paul has BB-8. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for me to impartial. Obviously, be impartial in something like that. So <laughs> I'll be fair. Yeah, no, it's impossible. No, I, I feel that because I'd be all like, you know, oh, who, who's the better pilot, Poe or Darth Maul? And I'm like, Darth mm. Maul was great on the motorcycle. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he flew a great beeline right for Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Anakin, drop! Almost ran him over. Yeah, he didn't care. No, nope, um, he didn't care. <laughs> he wasn't going to stop. Ten-year-old boy in his weight. Now I run him down. I'm a Sith. <laughs> nah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I don't care. I'm going after the Jedi. Um, well, um, so there you go. That's it. You got a, you got a pretty much a, a, a you know, a smackdown here of Poe over uh, over Kylo. So uh, be sure to stick around at the end of the episode where we've got a fun matchup for all of you in light of this particular episode, which I think folks will enjoy. Um, And uh, again, just a reminder, we're going to continue the A New Hope radio drama at the end of this episode. So we're up to episode six now, the Millennium Falcon deal. So again, if if you've been listening along, feel free to stick around after the episode for the next episode of the radio drama. These things are bomb. I love them. (laughs) So especially A New Hope is the best. Empire is amazing and then Jedi is very subpar, but it's still fun. Um, I'm just being honest. Wow. It also came out (laughs) almost. He's right. He's right. Yeah. I mean, it also came out like seven years after the Empire Strikes Back one did, too. Um, yeah. and, and they, and like, they lose Dang. all the big names except for Anthony Daniels. Uh, so, um, but yeah, uh, anyway, I'm not, so, like, I'm not like, crapping on it. Which one has Ewoks? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Return of the Jedi is like, it's, it's fine. It's still fun, but in comparison, it's much, much worse. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but anyway, we're not here to talk radio dramas. We're here to talk monsters, y'all. Yeah, so, we did the mash. We did the monster mash. The yeah. monster mash. It got on in a flash. We did the mash. We did the monster mash. <laughs> you got to stop me. I'll keep going. That song's um, like six minutes long. <laughs> Everybody, fast forward six minutes. Katie's about to sing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's very mean. People, are already, people have already skipped six minutes ahead of. The- <laughs> yeah, they're like, come on, we just get to them. the damn topic. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. But it came from behind. <laughs> um, so we are making Wampusler history tonight, everyone. This is the first top five ever where there's no honorable mentions involved. We are keeping <gasps> our yes, we are keeping Help ourselves. <gasps> we are keeping ourselves locked in at a top five. Um, so I don't think I can do it, Carl. Well, you're about to. Um, I've so. lost a drifted sea. <laughs> I feel like I've cut off my foot or something. I don't know. Guys, we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm. I. Why don't I'm going to kick this one off? How about that? All right. All right. Do it. So my my number five monster moment in Star Wars is the Dianoga and the trash compactor. This this creepy little scene. If you think about it, it's quite creepy. Um, so creepy. it's this yeah, it's this like terrifying tentacled creature from the deep. You know, yeah. it's something we can't see. Um, and on it, like my biggest fear as far as dying goes, which is morbid as hell. But um, like my biggest fear of how I would die is drowning. So the oh. fact that like oh, we man. see Luke being pulled down under the water, like this thing is attempting to drown him. That just terrifies me. And in a way, the the Dianoga just makes me think of like every childhood fear, which is the monster under your bed, right? This thing that you cannot uh-huh. see, right? And, it, and it's like the fact that it's tentacled and serpentile, right? It's like a snake plus an octopus plus like all of your right. childhood nightmares come to life. And this thing just pulls Luke under. They don't know exactly what it is. They can't seem to fight it because they don't see it. And yeah. it's just it, oh, it just terrifies me. I mean, it's the monster under your bed that you're just terrified of. So that's that's what takes my number five spot is this creepy Dianoga. Well, I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled Dian. Got- oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. It's such a creepy scene. I remember being a little kid and being so scared. I mean, I still get I oh when I see it, just like because the little eye pops up. Yeah. And it goes back down, and I'm like, oh, they didn't see that. I saw it, but they didn't see it. Well, look out, <laughs> ah, turn around. <laughs> like, the only one in that scene who has any sense is Chewie. Like, I feel Chewie so much in that scene because he's just like, I'm not going down there. Right. I'm staying up here yeah. next to the door. Chewie's <laughs> he kind of right? right? He's like, huh? What? What? What do you see? You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Get I'm Chewie. Oh my gosh, Chewie is the one like in the horror movie who's like, I'm not going in that room. It's there's a ghost and it's haunted. <laughs> Everybody else is like, oh, there's nothing to be worried about, and I'm just like, mm mm mm. Chewie is the one that survives the horror movie. Like, uh. anyway, anyway, it's yeah, it's so creepy, and then and then it just it just disappears. Yeah, and we don't I, know like yep. it just what we don't know why we don't know what it wanted well we know it wanted presumably to kill everybody right oh and leia's just like what happened what happened and i have no answers for her leia i have no answers (laughs) (laughs) no it it is creepy um uh and you're right. It is sort of like that monster under under your bed, and then you combine that, of course, with the whole fear of drowning aspect. And it's like, what the hell is this? You know, it is. It's gross. It's nasty. It's creepy. Um, it's just. It's nothing good whatsoever. Um, 
plus it's all tentally and tentacly and gross and you know yeah and think right like that just especially in western culture like a a serpentile tentacled creature is is very much like an evil creature it's something to be feared so i love the design they give to it without revealing everything like you said katie i mean you see it you see the you know the the eye socket pop up and look around quick um, but that's all you get, and then you just see like a big tentacle that's you know constricting Luke. So yeah, um, right. it lives in the garbage too, so you know yeah. don't smell great. Right. And don't, right. like, uh, I'm so glad you picked that, Carl. <laughs> just it's so gross. <laughs> well, what is your number five, Katie? Okay, well, there's a little bit of theme to my list. Love it. You'll notice that either the thing gives me intense existential dread. Or I love it and I want to give it a hug. And I want to see if you can guess. <laughs> okay. Can you guess which one this is? Number number five for me is Borg Gullet. Is Borg Gullet intense dread? Or I love dread. it. I feel like it's dread. That is, it is absolute dread. dread. Oh, that that, yeah. that Borg Gullet is like the Dianoga of, of Rogue One. I know, especially because it comes from Bodhi, and Bodhi's such a sweetheart. He's done nothing wrong. <laughs> I know. And they're yeah. just all like, they're all like, you know, oh, no lie can hide from Borgullet. Borgullet will know the truth. And I'm like, he told you the truth. You're the monster, <laughs> not Borgullet. No. <laughs> Bodhi broke alone. <laughs> oh. Tend, one tends lose one's mind oh man what i really what i really love is that we have no assigned gender for board gullet so i i i always i think of board gullet as a lady so i don't know i just think that's cool (laughs) definitely that's a lady monster when i look at her oh man and its eyes are so cool like i don't oh i don't know it creeps me out but it also weirdly fascinates me where i'm all like you know it has kind of like those foggy eyes so i'm like is it blind so is it just like feeling like how does it get the truth out of you like i don't know i have questions that i'm not sure i want answered about i don't i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah. oh my gosh the borgullet is i mean besides just the look of it which it's like again like another kind of fat octopus type thing um again just like the the thought of like tentacles wrapping around you is just gross but but also the fact that it can just read your mind you know is 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 scary as you know like you think of like freddy krueger right who's a a a horror character who invades your nightmares right he Mm -hmm. comes to you in your dreams to kill you which is terrifying Mm -hmm. because that's that's a point where you're so vulnerable because those are your private thoughts in a way that's what Borgullet kind of is. Like it just invades your like innermost secrets. Um, kind of like Kylo in force yeah. awakens, but um, <laughs> you know, Borgullet does it. And I would, I, I feel like, like when Kylo does it, he's got, you know, a very malicious intent. Borgullet, I feel like is totally ambivalent. It's just doing what it does. Like there's this chemical mm. reaction with it's in it, within its tentacles that just, or some sort of tr- truth serum that like just sucks out <laughs> the truth from you. But I think the Borgala in and of itself has a particular motive, right? It's it's right. almost like this organic creature that's just being used, right, and manipulated. Yeah, you can't reason with it. Right. You can't, like, tell it, you know, to stop. Like, oh, my God. Ugh, blah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be this whole episode is being like, blah. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, 
No, yeah, Borgullet's uh, gross. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of the Borgullet. No, they, she she can uh, she can stay in the back of her cave over yeah. there for all eternity for all I care. Well, but she no, probably that's, did. That's, she probably, right. Like, yeah. can you think about what happened to Jenna? Yeah, I don't know. Dead. You think Borgullet survived? Yeah, I doubt Borgullet made it out. <laughs> no, just like that would be the end. That's the end of the monster movie, though. Like you know, we're looking over like the crater that is you know Jetta City, and then just yeah. the one tentacle comes up over the side. Ah, and then they're like <laughs> the end question mark. And so, <laughs> God, oh, Disney, call me. All these, Poor all Gullet, these ideas Star can be Wars yours. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got for us at your number five, Jason? Oh, my number five. Um, I. The funny thing is, is when I came up with my list, I kind of decided to do like the 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 cheap, cheesy horror trope and mm. give it like a, a a wacky title or something. <laughs> um, and and there's always that 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 you know monster movie that you that you watch and you like. It's just that you like it because it's funny. Mm. So that's where I put that's what I put at my number five. Um, and so the title for my number five, so to speak, is wait, there's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, so uh, and, and yes, it, it's Han getting thrown to Chewbacca mm. in Solo. Um, I, I, you know, he's supposed to be this monster and he turns out to, you know, be his best friend. But um, I. I I love that introduction in general, just as a storytelling aspect of how they how they meet each other. But it's also great because, you know, he's supposed to be punished. And so you toss him into this dank, wet, gross, muddy pit um, to to have this beast who's chained up to you crawl out of a hole in the wall and mm. eat you, yeah. you know, and, and he's hairy and he's huge and it's just you know kind of freaky at first and he roars a lot and he's throwing him around and about to drown him in the mud until he you know manages to speak shriwook but i i i love the scene in general and so i decided to to include it in my my top five monster moments pick so but yeah i it's, it's my number five no i love it. i mean i love it because it is kind of comedic it always it makes me think of uh did either of you see the movie Pineapple? I think it's called Pineapple Express with James Franco and Seth Rogen. Oh, I I, I saw trailers. I never watched yeah, it. It's, it's, yeah, that it's fine. It was a while ago now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I only I mean, saw it the once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I only saw it once too. It, it's funny. It's good for a chuckle. But my favorite part, though, and obviously I'll always remember it because it's a Star Wars reference. Like towards the end of the movie, they're like they on ja- dra- like dragging James Franco away, and they're gonna like throw him <laughs> down into this pit. And he goes, "What do you got down there? A rancor?" Um, and I just like I die because it's obviously a Star Wars reference. But that's I mean, that's kind of exactly that moment in Solo when he's like, wait, there's a beast, <laughs> you know, um, and if you even think about it, like, you know, think about everything from point of view in the eyes of the Imperial troopers. Chewie is just a beast. He is just a mm-hmm. monster, right? He's this big brute. And of course, like he's been subjective to starvation and slavery. So, yeah, he is probably going to kill and eat anything they throw down there because he's just trying to survive. Um, does that make him a monster? Well, maybe in the eyes of those who are being cast down to him, but in Chewie's eyes, he's just surviving. Um, right. So, right, like, it's all about point of view again, which, thank you, Mr. Kenobi. 
So yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, what I, the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. <laughs> <laughs> what I like, what I like about that scene, and what I, I agree, it is like definitely a monster moment because for the first twenty seconds, they play it absolutely straight. The way oh, yeah. mm. Chewie pulls the chain mm-hmm. slowly, mm-hmm. it's coming oh, it's out, and you're like, creepy. it's coming. It's coming yeah. to the chains, clack, 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 clack. Yeah, and the like, music, too, uh, right? It's like this very, like, well, see, dark, like... See, my my thing is, is I was super excited because the only monster we've really had in the the Disney era um, has, you know, the monster, like, creature monster is the uh, Wrath Tars mm-hmm. in The Force Awakens. And I was hoping we'd get another monster because I like the, the monster creatures and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, what are we going to get? What are we going to get? I was pleasantly surprised when I found it. It was Chewbacca, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this works really well too." <laughs> but I was like, "What is it? What's going to come out? What's going to try and eat him? How is he going to escape?" You know, you know that was. But you're right. They, for the first like 20 seconds, they play it totally straight. Yeah. Until yeah. he stands up and roars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, great. I I love it, Jason. Thank you. Um. Well, my number four is a creature we know love. We know and love very dearly here in the Wampas Lair, and it's the the Wampa attack. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't you can't do a monster mash as a host of the Wampas Lair podcast and not mention a Wampa, or else you just have to k- kick yourself off the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, I should leave then. No, that's fine. I, f- I figured you might not, so I was covering <laughs> I was covering all of us here. So you're welcome. Oh, okay, good. Um, so you, you <laughs> no, but I mean, I've always loved the Wampa anyway. Um, you know, like as just a creature design um also i just think it's really fun that the, the fact that they wrote the sequence into empire because of kind of retroactively in response to mark hamill's car accident that he had between a new yeah. hope and, and empire he had this scarred yeah. face so like okay well we've got to do something to uh, to make sense of this early on so they create this wampa snow creature to, that attacks him um and kind of similar to the dianoga in, in my previous point it's a t- it's an attack it's this monster that comes out of nowhere right and that makes sense like the wampa literally blends in with his surroundings i mean he's completely a white creature um and i remember reading this somewhere in some sort of expanded universe type thing but like Oh, the the actually in the the novel Dark Saber, which was a Kevin J. Anderson novel that was a kind of a one off after the Jedi Academy trilogy that came out, which was my favorite trilogy for the when I was a kid. Um, but Dark Saber sees, I think, both Han and Luke going back to Hoth. Like it's very bizarre, and Luke encounters the Wampa that he's his arm cut off that he cut off. It's like leading hmm. a tribe of wampas. It's like very bizarre. I mean, I loved it as a kid. That but like, is bizarre. <laughs> looking back on it now, it's like, it is pretty stupid, but like as a kid, like I loved it. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's legit. <laughs> yeah. But like, I does just, the wampa like remember him and like, yeah. uh-uh. you'd remember the guy. Yeah. Yeah. You remember, remember the guy that disarmed you. Um, I mean, but, just ask Darth Maul. Yeah, <laughs> hey, cool. how'd that happen again? Kenobi! Kenobi! Yeah. <laughs> this is the wampa out in the middle of, you know, the frozen wastelands on, like, Skywalker! Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it, and I got to admit, one of my favorite things about the wampa in general is how similar he looks to the classic Christmas film Rudolph Threadnose Reindeer and the Abominable Snow Monster. Yeah, the Bumble. Yeah, Bumble. like Bumble's bounce. <laughs> and to be fair, that movie came out first. So I'd like to think somewhere deep down the creators of the Wampa were thinking were channeling their inner Rudolph. 
Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's possible, but he is essentially, you know, a, a yeti. Yeah, a that's also true. You know, yeti. Right. So uh, right. Um, but you know, just but looking at that scene specifically, right in um, in Empire, where again he he com- he rises up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. All we get is this like he, right. It's a very quick and efficient predator, and then we get into inside its cave, and and I loved the the ex- the. Ex- the extended stuff we get in the special editions with getting to see the Wampa sitting there eating Luke's Tauntaun, like, and Luke is hanging there upside down. Like we know what's coming for Luke. Like Luke is going to be devoured in this snow creatures cave. Um, and it takes all of Luke. He's in the larder. Yeah. Like, and it takes all (laughs) of Luke's wits just to get out of there alive. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think that's a, that's a great sequence. So that's my number four. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you included the Wampa sequence here because you know it it, it would be a little bit odd if the Wampa's layered at a top you know <laughs> monster episode and didn't have the Wampa anywhere. Um, but no, it it is a fun scene and it is a, a, a definitely a memorable scene. I I've always enjoyed it, um, but the Wampa's not my favorite monster and it's probably because i don't want to stay on hoth very long because i don't like the cold um so (laughs) i'm just being completely honest um but but i do like it because it is sort of this you know uh, amalgamation of of the abominable snowman the yeti you know all these these bigfoot type monsters uh that you know sightings for of, of cross the globe and it's like you know could there be one hiding in your backyard sort of thing? You know, um, there's that aspect to them because they are so efficient as predators. Um, you know, the, the Tauntaun sort of gets a whiff of it and starts reacting. But, you know, less than 10 seconds later, both Luke and the Tauntaun are on the ground and the Wampas dragging them off to dinner. You know, um, it's, it, it is a freaky sequence. Um, and I can... I'm just glad that we get to see it all now um, <laughs> with the special edition. And yeah, especially after like Han said, like there's not enough life here to fill a, it was a star cruiser or something cruiser. like that. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then two seconds later, rawr, like, ah, Han, you lied. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Katie, what's your number four? Okay. Number four again, Tell me if this is dread or, or hug times. Let's go with the Sarlacc. Ooh, I'm going to go with dread. Uh, yeah, dread. Yeah, it's I don't definitely see how, dread. I don't see yeah. how you would want to hug a Sarlacc. <laughs> oh where my would gosh. you hug Yeah, where would you? Yeah, how would you do that? How would you <laughs> hug How would that work? Oh my <laughs> I'm gosh. trying to picture this, and it all ends with you getting eaten. Um <laughs> I mean, that's probably over the course of a thousand years, (laughs) man. Yeah. Carl, you were saying earlier that, you know, your, your fear of like death is, is drowning. Mm -hmm. Mine is 100% buried alive. That's okay. That keep no, that'll keep me up at night if I think about it too long. And just, you know, when C3PO is just all like, yeah, we're going to throw you into this pit and going to be digested for a thousand years. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Uh, Second thought, uh, let's. Yeah. Why is it? Why did I forget that line? On second Uh, thought, let's pass on that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just let's just not. I'm just like thinking about you know wasting away down there. Oh, 
And just the more I learn about the Sarlacc, just the more horrifying it becomes to me. Like, because apparently, when uh, you know, when filming Return of the Jedi, they would have to like clean it out every morning, you know, to because and it would just fan. be. Well, yeah, and it would just be filled with rattlesnakes. Just what? You know, just, <laughs> I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, so That's like terrifying. every day they would film, and then at night, rattlesnakes would be like, "Oh, a big new hole to sleep in," and it would just be a rattlesnake pit, just, just rattlesnakes. And so they would have to clear out all the rattlesnakes, and just the yeah. So the more I learn about the sarlacc, it's just, it's just nightmares. Just. <laughs> Just nightmares for days. Well, I, oh I, I'm going to say this is that's Arizona desert. Uh, <laughs> not surprising. Um, you so, guys should see Carl's face right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Carl, is, like, Carl is sufficiently freaked out right yeah, now. Yeah, that's my number one now. I'm going to just take that. <laughs> yeah, just like, I'm sorry. You have to live with that now. You just, I'm if pa- I have to suffer, you have to <laughs> suffer. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's crazy! No, the Sarlacc yeah. is the Sarlacc is terrifying. Again, like oh it's, it's 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 like you said, Katie. I mean, it, it like really touches that fear of being buried alive, and and this idea that it slowly <laughs> digests you. I mean, the Sarlacc is not a pretty place to be, and you know the fact that we're told that it, you know in its belly you'll find a new definition of pain and suffering. Like it's oh god, oh. and I remember you are slowly digested to a thousand years <laughs> and i think it's it's in one of the again one of the old legends novels i want to say it's in the um oh my gosh it's like a bounty hunters trilogy um i can't remember the author um but it, it's essentially it picks up right after return of the jedi and dengar helps save boba fett well boba fett is able to get himself out of the sarlacc pit by killing the sarlacc but when he escapes he's almost like he's dying in the you know, in the deserts there, and Dengar finds him and and, and resuscitates him. But um, yes. I remember, very emaciated. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and I it's remember like for Boba, like he recounts some of the experience in the Sarlacc, and it's like there's all this like acid that like melts off yeah. all of his armor and stuff. So it is like it's it's this very like terrifying thing, and the thought that you'll never escape is even yeah. more terrifying. Ugh. So. I've de- I've gone over it in my head a thousand times just because that is that George Lucas you tapped into something real <laughs> with that one. Yep, <laughs> sir. <laughs> have uh, have either of you um, had a chance to look or or read through the Wildlife of Star Wars uh, a field guide book? No. It's like this big coffee table book that's all about the different creatures and monsters and things like that in star wars it's fascinating it's really awesome it's got some great uh artwork and and it's it's written like you know like a field guide like you you know field guide to the you know african savannah or something like that um but the information on the sarlacc in that thing would give you nightmares uh it is it is a it is a nomadic parasite um as a young Wait, hold, it moves? It moves. It, hang on, hang it, on. The <laughs> one thing, the one thing, Jason, that gave me solace about the Sarlacc was the idea that I could outrun it. You're going <laughs> to take that from me? You're going to take as, that? As a small, me? as a small infant, <laughs> okay. they kind of float on the winds. <sighs> like, like spiders, <sighs> you know? <sighs> And then they go and they find a place to settle down where they can eat and live and root, essentially. Um, Groot? And it's kind of. 
<laughs> kind of. You know, they, they don't really go anywhere after they get a certain size. Um and and the yeah, they're they're, they're just a terrible, terrible creature. Um you don't ever, ever, ever want to run into a Sarlacc. They're disgusting and horrible. And it's yeah. I'm totally with you on that. I didn't have the Sarlacc on my list, but they, they missed Sarlacc missed my list by that much. So, yeah, and I, I'm not a fan of the Sarlacc. It's a horrible monster. Story um, time. Story time. Ugh. Story time, kids. Gather around. Aunt yeah, Katie's got stories for you. <laughs> so I'm playing <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic, as I want to do. And um, if you go to Tatooine and you go way out into the Youngland Wastes, you can find a Sarlacc, and it's massive. And you can stand on the edge of it and look down and... You know, it's got, like, tentacles down there, and it's pretty, you know, pretty gross. And I'm like, I'm going to conquer this sphere. I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to conquer this sphere. I'm going to find out what happens if you jump into the Sarlacc. And so this character who Same I game. have <laughs> crafted. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing. You get to make your own character. So, you know, this character who I've made in my own image. <laughs> awesome bounty hunter chick. She's going to do it. She's going to jump into the Sarlacc. Yeah, no, never again. Never, no. <laughs> you just, yeah, no, you just insta die, you know. So she just fell into blackness, and then, you know, and just she's dead now. And I'm like, oh, that was not, that was not rewarding at all. <laughs> it backfired horribly. <laughs> That's my number four. <laughs> what do you got for us, Jason? What's yours? Well, we're gonna move. We're gonna move beyond a monster, monster. of that kind of caliber, and we're actually gonna go to the Clone Wars here. Um, the next title I have for my number four is Frankenstein's Night Brother, um, and this is the creation of Savajo Press oh. by Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters. Nice. Monster! It yeah. is. It is disturbing and freaky on all sorts of magical, uber spooky levels. Um, <gasps> The Night Sisters in general are uber spooky and, and witchy and, and creepy. Um, but the idea that they take this normal person and create this monstrous beast out of him and, you know, alter him unnaturally in, in the way that they do. And, and you know, it's uh, it disturbs me on, yeah. on some level. And. And it's on this altar, and there's the the witch's magics and everything going everywhere. It's 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 just not a pleasant experience. Um, and then, of course, when he dies, all of that escapes, and he just sort of melts back into who he was. And so it's all like, how much of this was actually real? Mm. And so you know, it, it's it's sort of that weird headspace if you think too much about it. But I the the creation of Savage Press. Is just a a weirdly spooky, witchy cacophony of creepiness, yeah. um, and and I I had to include that on my list here. Uh, he's he's a character, but he is also a monster, and and this is the the creation of a monster. And you know you mm. you got to have a Frankenstein in Star Wars somewhere, and there he <laughs> is. Yeah, and he's deadly. So. Yeah, you know, and 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 how often they refer to him as such, right? As a monster, yeah. and, and that, like you said, Katie, that's the title of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's taken... And what's so interesting, too, right, is the fact that, like, when we first meet Savage, he is kind of, like, this good guy, right? He's looking out for yeah. his, his friend there. Um, there's a selflessness to him, but then he's taken and completely corrupted. And the very first thing they have him do once they've created that monster, right, as soon as Frankenstein yeah. rises off of his, you know, his surgical table, they have him slay mm-hmm. his best friend. And he doesn't even yeah. get twice about it, right? Um, yeah. The guy he just saved, you know, earlier in the episode. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and, and Farrell deserved better. <laughs> yeah, he did. And just like they they characterize him so well, right? Like so many scenes where he is basically just like this he's this this creature, this beast that like snarls mm-hmm. and attacks. The way he kills Adiagalia, right? You know, he oh like, yeah, oh my god, killing her, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. is very much a monster, and the fact that he is created, you know, with a mixture of dark side, but also these dark magics. I mean. It's literally something out of a horror movie. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he is a monster that in some ways can't be tamed, right? Dooku can't do it. And then Asajj can't Mm. do it. You know, Mm -hmm. Maul is the only one who's able to to tame this beast because I think he's even more of a beast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I almost included the the Maul. Yes, in the Clone Wars, in this too, because that is yes. very similar mm. along these lines. But yeah. the the one that stands out to me more, at least to me more, is the Savage transformation. But but Maul fits into this category as well. Yeah, yeah. no, I I'm glad you bring up the Maul one because I didn't think about I I don't know why I just stuck with the movies. I didn't really think about the the the, the TV show at all, but I really should have because that that is so creepy. The um yeah you're right the Savage one's super creepy but for me yeah the Mall one is just you know obviously I love it because it's Mall but it's also like it it's just spook town like chills and you're yeah. just like this ain't right this ain't natural <laughs> no it's <laughs> not like the yeah and just like and Mall like screams in agony the entire time yeah like because well, he's the just the fact he, that he's still alive too oh at this point God. that's not natural either Ooh, it's, it's like no. You know, it's just all like it's like, look what you survived, man. But at what cost? Yeah, the dark side is a pathway Uh, to many things some consider to be unnatural. Ooh, there you go. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. But then, like, I don't know. You then once we find out what Talzin's connection is with mom, when we find out that she actually is like his blood mother, it gets this weird dimension of like she's like she's giving birth to him again. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, well, she, she is, she's giving him new flesh. I, That's why she disintegrates. Yeah. She surrenders her physical form so that he can have new flesh and bone, you know, like it, it's just, Still it's this messed weird, up. I know it's so weird, uh, but I love it. Ah. <laughs> can anyone in star Wars have a good family relationship? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're watching the wrong series if that's what you're here for, sir. <laughs> Star Wars has one good parent. His name is Bail Organa, and the list right. ends there. Like, no, no, no. It Brea? There we go. Yeah. Oh, Shmi. Oh, dang, you're right. Oh, dang. How'd I forget about Shmi? Come on, Katie. You're right. I did. Uh, I'm the worst. Uh, you're a monster. Um. You know, no, you're right. Uh, my number one pick is me. <laughs> um... All, All right. right. Well, number number three. Yes, I am. <laughs> Unless you have anything to say about Savage. <laughs> no, I already said it. So, oh, that's right. um, no, no. so my number three is also my favorite. 
creature slash monster in Star Wars, which is the Rancor. Um, ah. I absolutely love the Rancor. I've always loved the look of the Rancor. Um, to be fair, I know there's definitely a, a heavy dose of nostalgia here because um, my favorite like creature figure to play with when I was a kid was the old vintage 1983 Rancor toy that my cousin had. And I used to love shoving Ewoks down its down its throat because they were the easiest thing to fit. Um, you're, you're a monster. I'm a monster now too. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so to be fair, like that, like I love the Rancor for its look first and foremost. The the particular scene in Return of the Jedi with Luke fighting the Rancor is fine. Like it's never been my favorite, but it's 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 fine. But I will say I love what they gave us again in the special edition when Ula goes down the pit. And um, I'm glad that even in the special edition, they don't show the Rancor right away, right? Like they do show the doors start to open, but then you never see anything. There's something terrifying in that, right? Like that slow reveal of the monster, Mm -hmm. right? Which was made famous by Steven Spielberg with Jaws. Um, My favorite monster movie of all time, Cloverfield, does a great job of this by giving us slow reveals of the creature. And we don't see it fully until the end of the movie. There's something terrifying about that. And, you know... So I guess even in some ways, like even before the special edition, they do a better job of it because you don't see anything. You just see Ula again, just as you know, she just drops into this pit, which again is, is it's kind of like the Sarlacc pit, right? Is this that that dread of just falling away into something that you don't do not know. And then all you hear is this monster roar and, and, and Ula scream like, you know, it's not going well for her down there. Um, yeah. And oh. like they certainly make light of it. Um, because it is a kid's movie, but if you think about it, I mean, that's, that's quite terrifying that there's this yeah. trap door and then this massive creature, um, and something about the Rancor, right. Is like when you meet it in return of the Jedi, if you just watch return of the Jedi, like it does seem to be this creature that is a monster that's bred simply to kill. But again, if you read the tales from Jabba's palace, um, in the, you know, the old legends novel with uh, good old Malachili's tale, um, Malachili has this you know, incredible love for the Rancor. Like he's just waiting. He, in that story, Malachili's got this deal where he's about to leave Jabba's palace and he's going to leave with his Rancor. And in the old Star Wars legends, Rancors were um, native to Dathomir, actually. Um, I, don't oh, think, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's true anymore, but um, <laughs> Malachili had this deal where he was going to leave Tatooine and head back to Dathomir so that his Rancor could run free with, and he, and Malachili would join him. Um, so there is something as more to lunch, it, but, right? But kind of, yeah. <laughs> but like going to, back to your point there, Jason, with your number five with Chewbacca there, right? Like a monster is again kind of point of view. Like the Rancor is not an evil creature in and of itself. It's just, I mean, it's forced to be entertainment. But of course, it's going to eat whatever comes down there because otherwise, it doesn't eat. Um, but this is what I was saying to Katie before we started recording is interesting enough, my numbers five, four, and three, they all center around Luke, right? Luke being attacked Mm -hmm. by these monsters. And what's interesting is Luke's ability to, you know, to fight back against these monsters. Jason, the one thing I've always loved that you've talked about with this particular scene in Return of the Jedi is that it's very much right. Like these old Greeks, you know, these Greek stories of overcoming the the beasts, right? Mm -hmm. Like Odysseus and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. And yep. if you look at the Dianoga, right, this is Luke early in his journey. He has no idea what it is. 
he he can't best it. He's lucky that it leaves. The Wampa as well. He barely escapes with his life. But here the Rancor, which is the biggest creature yet, right? The biggest of the monsters, mm-hmm. right? And we get that great shot showing the size comparison. Yet Luke yeah. is able to slay this beast, which in a way indicates just how powerful in the force he has become, right? So these monsters get bigger and bigger, yet Luke gets better and better at dealing with the monsters. So, um, so I just thought that was like interesting how my, my list kind of came together like that. That is really cool. I, I shall uh, re- refrain from commenting at this time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'll just say that if we don't get Darth Maul and Kira riding on Rancors, then what's the point of Star Wars? What? What's this all but about, you guys? Oh, my gosh. If I don't see Kira riding on a Rancor. You know, that's what Darth Maul was sitting on when he did, like, you know, the holocall with Kira. He's just sitting on a Rancor. <laughs> Come sure. to me on Dathomir. We're going to be working very closely on the backs of Rancors. That's <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, um, I love it. Now, um, <laughs> Katie, what is your number three? For number three, I'm gonna go with the Reek from Attack of the Clones, the Geonosis battle. Nice. It's the big rhino looking one. Yeah. See, here's the thing though. I love all three of those monsters. We got the Accolade, which is the big uh like praying mantis looking dude. Yeah. And the Nexu, which is uh with the kitty. The kitty. Yeah. the kitty with the giant mouth. Yes. And I was like, I, I was so torn. I'm all like, okay, I can't you I can't pick all three of you because that's half my list. It's I, I'm sorry, I love you, but I can't. So I'm sure. like, which one? Which one? It the reek ended up being the winner because one, it takes out the next two. Like all it it taps the next two. The next two is like, I'm done, I'm out. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> but what's pretty great about the reek is that um, one Anakin gets to like tame it briefly? That's yeah. so cool. He like rides around on it after like the Reek drags him around for a little bit, which I find oddly rewarding. <laughs> Just <laughs> Anakin getting dragged by this rhino. <laughs> <laughs> and then two, the Reek is what faces off against Jango. Yeah. Just like ah, oh, and it's so cool. And then like Jango takes it down one shot, like right in the eye. I'm like, good shooting text. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, I tweeted this earlier because I went and I watched that whole like Geonosis arena battle and I was just I, like I was so I was having so much fun I loved it so much I just grabbed my coffee table and started shaking it I was just like ah <laughs> <laughs> that was just so cool <laughs> oh man everything about that's awesome like just yeah from Django gets to be cool and all the Jedi get to be cool and we have all these cool monsters and Padme's all like the hitting that cat with <laughs> with a chain yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was talking about the Reek. The Reek is legit. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, since we're doing monster moments, um, yeah. I'm going to jump in real quick here. Say so my number three, the title is, are you not entertained? <laughs> uh, it's the, the Genosis arena monsters, mm. the, the battle. The, the the monster all battle. of them all of them yeah. all right I, I i was thinking moments when i was making my list so mm-hmm. that you know the arena the monsters in the arena so i'm right there with you the the reek is my favorite of the three uh <laughs> i always like the reek uh he is rhino like and triceratops like and dino so i like him a lot um i was i was mad when Django killed him um my only solace in that is that Janko got a really good look at the underside of those feet for a minute. Um, oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Got real close and personal with the reek. Oh, oh yeah. Um, 
But, uh, you know, the reek even gives uh, Mesa a run for his money for a mm. hot minute. Um, knocks his saber out of his hand when Mace cuts his, his horn off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and actually, the another slightly nostalgic reason why the reek is my favorite of those monsters is um, I got the reek as a birthday present. Uh for you know, right when Attack of the Clones came out, which my Aww. birthday was like the week after the the movie came out. So yeah, so I've had that as long as the movie essentially. Um, so it's slightly nostalgic, but I I do love the the arena battle with the monsters there because you know because it's cool. Um, it, it harkens way back to the you know the Gladius uh, mm-hmm. it, from ancient Rome. Um, the arena in ancient Rome and all that fun stuff. Um, and then of course it goes right into the arena battle with all the Jedi and the battle droids, which is my favorite part of the attack of the clones. So, uh, anything that gets me there faster is, (laughs) um, but I, I do like, I do like the whole aspect that the very, uh, blatant historical, uh, you know, not rip off, but homage that we Mm. get with, Mm -hmm. you know, because it is totally ancient Rome, you know, 100% ancient Rome with the, the monster fights and the, the gladiatorial fights, you know, where they pit armies against each other, you know, the whole yeah. sequence is, you know, you could have put it in the Colosseum in Rome and <laughs> we would have been good, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'll just say all three of those monsters, I would absolutely hug. Just, yep. Just oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, I bet that accolade gives really good hugs. He's got those really long arms, legs. Oh, <laughs> best. Hu- oh man, accolade that much. The accolade freaks me out slightly. Really? Oh, it's so cool though. I like how Obi Wan like it's their feet. Ooh, yeah, and it's like and Obi, but you know, like Obi Wan keeps it at bay with a spear. Like I think if it's afraid of a stick, then. Then you're okay. Well, he <laughs> keeps it at bay and he throws it and gets it stuck in its shoulder and he just sort of like pulls it out and snaps it in two, like oh, so yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> He's got attitude. That accolade's got attitude, that's for sure. Maybe that's why I identify with the accolade. <laughs> I'm just like, you go, girl. <laughs> Carl's here going, here, can I talk at all? <laughs> What's that? And Carl's here sitting. Can I talk at all? <laughs> no, I. I don't really have anything to say. I. Do, I. I don't, like. I don't really. I don't care about any of those creatures. I thought that's the thing. Like, there's so many creatures in the prequels, but none of them really resonate for me. Like, they're they all look great. Like, I think all three of those creatures look awesome, but I don't particularly love them um, because they're just so. To me, they're so basic. It's like, oh, they're just there to kill people. Like, there's nothing. And this sounds so negative. And I'm sorry, but like, there's nothing unique to them. Like, they look cool, but. Um, I do love the way Obi-Wan takes out the accolade, like I want with his lightsaber. Yeah. The way he just, and I, yes. and I do love that moment when Anakin uses the force, um, on the, oh, yeah, like, yeah. that's great. Like the way he's able to tame it. Um, but I like that more because of what it says about Anakin. I could care less about the creature. Um, I like how, how both him and Padme and Obi-Wan, they all get to ride around on it. Yeah. I just, I love seeing our three like main heroes together. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. That's, a <laughs> I was moment. able to, I, I, um, Many times, um, I created the Genosis Arena 
battle as sort of a diorama on my yeah. bedroom floor. And I would start at the beginning of the battle and then progressively throughout the day, I would, you know, move all the figures around and redo it and take more pictures uh, as the battle progressed. And so I'd always start with all the Jedi hanging around there with Obi-Wan, <laughs> Anakin and Padme sitting on top of the reek. Yes. Um, with the destroyer <laughs> droids around him. So that's how I would start. Perfect. Love I love it. Perfect. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to hop into my number two then. Yeah. All right. Number um, two. So I will admit right now, my, my top two are not monster creatures. They're monster characters. Um, similar characters. So my number two goes to Anakin slaughtering the Tusken Raiders. Um, oh, nice. I feel like this is right. Well, I mean, it's, I don't feel like it. It definitely is that first moment where Anakin really jumps into the dark and in that moment of rage and revenge which is similar to maul right like maul is Mm. held holds himself alive just through the desire for revenge which is a very monster thing yeah Um, yeah not good but what you have here with anakin (laughs) is like he is this emotionally heartbroken kid who just casts aside his humanity to become a monster um yeah and Right, like obviously one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is that moment with him and Padme back in the Lars garage where he confesses that he killed them all. Um, mm. You know, Anakin becomes a monster for the first time ever in that moment. That inability to distinguish some sense of, you know, like moral ambiguity, like, okay, how is, you know, the decisions of like, some, you know, indict everyone, right? Like Anakin mm-hmm. goes in there and just brutally slaughters everyone, even women and children. I mean, this is yeah. Anakin acting solely out of this place of hatred and revenge. And that is what a monster does. Um, and I do feel like I honestly like I was picking between. Well, this is going to reveal that it's obviously not on my list, but I was deciding <laughs> between this and him slaughtering younglings. They're mm. both they're both very parallel in the sense that he just does something terrible. I mean, in some ways, him slaughtering the younglings, like he does think that the, somehow this will make him strong enough in the force to save Padme. So there's some level of human motivation, even though it is a monster like act. But I feel mm-hmm. like this moment specifically in Attack of the Clones is he just gives into that inner monster, that inner demon that just screams out in rage. And he just becomes that, right? He becomes that fear and anger and becomes he, the monster. He lets himself lose control. Yeah. yeah. And, and welcomes it. He dives off of, of that um, in a sense. You know, he, he's like, screw it. I'm not even <laughs> going to try at this point. And yeah gives himself over and it, it, it is it's uh, scary you know to watch this young man who you know was just saying yippee and you know <laughs> winning pod races you know just you know not that long ago and and you know awkwardly trying to crush on the senator and now he's <laughs> slaughtering an entire indigenous tribe uh you know in the backwoods of tatooine you know or the back dunes of tattooing, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, yes, they killed his mother. But, you know, overkill much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's my number two. Uh, Katie, what's yours? All right. Do I want to hug or am I terribly, terribly afraid of our beloved Wampa? 
I think you want well, the, 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 the since you used the word beloved, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to quite say furry and fluffy. Hug. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, he's quite furry and fluffy, so I'm going to go with hug. Yes. Surprise! It's both. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's both. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so afraid of the wampa when I was a little kid. Like I couldn't handle. I had to fast forward through that. Like, wow. oh no way! Like, oh. It was really scary. It's like all the stuff you were saying earlier, Carl, about how it just jumps out, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. massive. And just, and then, you know, the fact that it just disembowels that ton time, yeah. like, you know, Luke wakes up and it's eating and then it looks over and it's all that blood and blah, viscera on its yep. face. No, nope. it stands up and it just like, drinks <gasps> <off of> him. <laughs> I know. Ah! <laughs> So as a kid, could not handle it. As an adult, come here, big guy. Let's get bring it in. Hug town. <laughs> Hugs time. You just you were just hungry. You just wants a tauntaun burger. Don't we all? Don't we all just want a tauntaun burger? I'd eat one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're in the Wampa's lair. That's his exactly. specialty. So yes. you know, uh, um, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that in um in. Uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. You can get a baby Wampa as a pet that follows you around. Love yes. it. That's amazing. Yes. That's so good. <laughs> and I have little like stuffed Wampas that are like missing their little hands. You know, I'm just like, oh, you just look. You need someone to look after you and teach you manners. That's all you need. <laughs> Wipe your chin after you eat a tauntaun. You know, take a big bite, enjoy it, chew it up, swallow it, and then wipe your chin. Now, that's that's a good Wampa. That's I love the Wampa, you guys. I love Wampa. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, I don't have anything else to add because we yeah, already talked about it, but that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is going to be my last monstrous character here, and you know, um, and I have titled this. Unlimited power! <laughs> uh, and it's it's Palpatine as he gives himself over the dark side and reveals himself fully. Um, Katie, are you dead? Maybe a little. <laughs> I'm alright. I'm okay. She kind of just fell off camera for a minute. Um, <laughs> it's too much power. <laughs> unlimited, of course it is! <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's Palpatine after you know he gets all scarred and deformed and he's you know christening Vader and he has that that dark side possession it seems yeah. you, know, you know henceforth you shall be known as Darth Vader yeah. you know. It's there's this, he gets this like possession over him as he gives himself over to the dark side okay. in its entirety for the first time on screen. You know, it is creepy. It is disturbing. It's a, he's a he's a scary dude. Um, and you're like, oh god, and this is the one we we voted in charge of everything. You know, what are we doing? Um, well, yeah, voted well. him in charge. You know, like a while ago when he kind of just never left. Um, his term was up like three years ago, maybe, you know, and he's still here. Um, you know, so yeah, not good. Just not good at all. Uh, and 
And then, of course, that rolls directly into executing Order 66 and the, the slaughter of the Jedi. So, you know, he, he issues that order. Um, this is it, – it's, it's disturbing. It's creepy. And it's just the, the ascension of evil. And, um, yeah, it's, it's freaky when you stop and think too much about it. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I don't, I, I love Palpatine as a character, but I, and then when I'm in my, my, my mood where I'm just like, Oh, come here, Palpatine. I want to, I want to play the younger you at some point. Um, but, uh, you know, but when I take myself out of that, I'm like watching this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is actually not good at all. This is very, 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 very bad. Um, so yeah, that's it's my number two, and gee, unlimited power corrupts absolutely, and, ah. and it's physically manifested right there in in Palpatine. So you're so right. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, so I've been I've been rewatching Clone Wars from the beginning ever since we got back from San Francisco this summer, and I was just telling Katie this before before we started recording. Um, I'm, I've only got the Yoda arc. Yoda arc left and I'm done rewatching Clone Wars and I've forgotten how amazingly good this is. Now they're, mm. they're literally only like a half dozen, only a half dozen in six season episodes that I skipped past. Cause I don't really care for them. That's it. Mm. The sunny day in the void. You watched yep. twice. What's that? What'd <laughs> you say? Times. Yeah, I said times. a sunny day in a void. You watched twice. Um, which one? A sunny, sunny day, in the, day in the void. The one everybody skips. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which one's that? <laughs> Part of the droids arc, the second episode in the droids arc when they are stranded on that orange oh, I planet. I skipped that entire Man, arc. Yeah, I skipped talking that about scary arc. things I, in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> but I will. The sunny I, day in the void. Ugh. I will say though, like um, I love that that the arc with with fives discovering, you know, the uh, this implant in the clones about to, to you know do Order sixty six, and there's something about. I, mean, I love Fives. Fives is probably my favorite of the clones. Um, yeah, I think I even like him more than Rex. Um, and uh, you know, I remember years ago, Jason, I think we had – it was Jackson that was on to do top five clones. I had nothing to say for that episode because I, I liked Clone Wars a lot, but I didn't like know it and love it like I do now. So I was like, yeah, um, Django Fett and Rex. <laughs> like I didn't know any of them. It's clones. I don't care. Bill. Um, yeah, yeah. Bill. Ted. Yeah. Um, Carlos aren't clones. Whatever. They had an excellent adventure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the tragedy that really struck me in that episode is how Fives is so aware of what's going on and no one else has a damn clue. And it, what's, mm. what really makes Palpatine the monster that he really is is the fact that he literally started a war to take power. That is yeah. the mark of a monster, right? You know, yeah. in some ways, like, compare that to, like, the moment I was talking about with Anakin. Like, Anakin is giving into, like, his, his just beastly, banal existence. Palpatine's a far worse monster, though, because he's using death chaos and destruction for his own good that is the mm. pinnacle of a monster oh, yeah. um you know i mean and that's obviously mirrored in someone like hitler stalin kim jong-un other people that i won't mention for the sake of the podcast but you know people that <laughs> julius use, caesar sure, <laughs> yeah but people who use fear mistrust and lies to gain power and you know are ultimately 
their only end is themselves. And that is the mark of a true monster. And Palpatine is that to a perfection, right? He takes, you know, George clearly when he created this, this arc for Palpatine in the prequels trilogy, he's taking the worst of human existence, you know, the worst of human leadership and just kind of, broadcasting them into Palpatine and Palpatine is the biggest monster of them all as horrible as Savage's as horrible as Maul might be. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the creatures we're talking about, I mean, at the end of the day, they're also creatures. So their sense of morality is clearly different, but you know, all of the most monstrous moments of Anakin pale in comparison to Palpatine. Yeah. Well, it's interesting interesting that, you know, Vader Maul, they were both anointed Sith by the same man, you know, yeah. but Tyrannus as well. You right. know, these horrible things come back to that same source. And we're talking about like just monstrous moments and moments where Palpatine makes us go. Wah. For me, it's in Phantom Menace when he looks at this little nine year old boy and says, we will watch your career watch with your great, career interest. With great interest and puts his hand on Anakin and. Yeah. Oh, I just I get so creeped out. I'm just like, no, don't touch the child. Don't touch because oh my god, the Maul has just died two hours ago. Maul just died, and you know, and you know, from what we know of Maul's backstory is that Sidious raised him from you know infancy, twisted him up like that, and yeah. he just died two hours ago. And Sidious is already all right. Where's my next kid that I can just mess up? Yeah, it's oh yeah, that's. Ah! Such a- what a great point too! Like, just think of that moment, right, in Phantom mm-hmm. Menace when he puts his hand on him. It's like mm-hmm. that, and how innocent and good Anakin is in that whole movie, yeah. right? But now he's been he's being sought out by the most monstrous of all predators, right? Yeah. He just put his yep. fangs in you. Look out! There's this there's this one passage in the very beginning of uh, the Wrath of Darth Maul novel Legends now, but you know, as they say, there's always a little bit of truth in Legends <laughs> when Maul was very very small. You know, he lived in a cell. So and, I thought you were starting uh, a poem now and when again, Maul the, was very, very small. He lived in a little cell. <laughs> yeah. It's, li- it's like a little poem. You know, happy story. <laughs> yeah. Gather around. More happy stories for my yeah. kitty. Happy story from <laughs> Maul's traumatic, terrible Exactly. Childhood. Oh, my God. Oh, so yeah. every now and again, you know, the cell door would open and droids would come in or horrible things would come in to, you know, eat him. And, you know, he would then kill them, you know, to, to survive. Um, but none of them scared him. What scared him was the man. The man mm, scared him. Jerk. And that was, of course, Palpatine. Yeah. And I was just Ooh, like, yeah, powerful. the, the, huh? That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. The man scared him. And I'm just like that. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you put him in here. Cause I was thinking of that too. I was like, I got to put something here for Palpatine, but I just didn't, but I, I trusted that you would. I know you oh, very well, well my friend. <laughs> your your faith was well founded, yes. sir. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think we're yeah. at number ones. Then is that right? Yeah, we yeah, are. we are. Yeah. Um, can you two guess what my number one is? I actually don't think uh, we'll be able to. Nothing, nothing. No? Kylo? Nope, not Kylo. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a. That's right. It's a character. Yep. Uh, I mean Vader. It is Vader. Rogue One. Damn right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rogue One. I, that that almost made my list too. So, but I I, I, I put um. Yeah.
it's got to be. I was going to queue up the movie clip because as awesome as that music is, and it is awesome. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think what really sells that scene most of all is the voice acting of David W. Collins. You know, the screaming, oh. help us, right? Yes. Help us. Yes. This is literally oh my God. I, the first time I saw Rogue One. I, I remember being, I don't want to say disappointed, but I do remember that first screen. I was like, I don't know what I just saw, but I will say that Vader scene was amazing. Um, and now it's so funny because like after the second viewing and moving on, like I still love that Vader scene, but it, like this is me just being a butthead. But sometimes I get annoyed. People are like that's the best thing about Rogue One. It's like that's the best thing. Like it's a fantastic that, story. Like that's a great coda, no doubt. It's a great scene. But yeah. if that's the it's best scene, I think top. you missed the it, point. It, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a cherry on top. It is, and there's a whole there's a whole other cake there to get yeah. into. So yes, eat up Rogue One, folks. There's ice cream and fudge. Like there's so. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean that 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 scene though is. It is the perfect – and what's so interesting, right, is like Gareth Edwards talked about how that was that was something they added very much last minute. Like Vader yeah. did have a bigger role in Rogue One initially, and it was mainly because they weren't sure if the Tarkin stuff was going to work. So they're like, all right, if that's not going to work, we got to put in more Vader. But it was just Vader staying around talking, right? It wasn't Vader doing anything. Um, I remember reading like there was an early concept that Vader actually was going to be the one to like kill most of the main Rogue One crew. Um, oh, I'm really, but I'm also, so but I'm also really glad he didn't, because um, yeah. in some way it may like because their deaths are so profound as they are. Like Vader just yeah. slaughtering them kind of takes away like the heroicness of them. If you you know if that makes sense, um, yeah. but Vader just slashing through nameless rebel soldiers while of course that's horrible because they're human beings. But um, but oh. it really just encapsulates like that this dude is a monster. You know what it made me think of a lot is that scene from the beginning of the Lords of the Sith novel where mm. Vader boards the um the ship there yes. the, uh, you know oh my gosh who are the, what is what is what is what is that race my god the twilicks thank the you twilicks yeah the twilicks where and then when they're talking about it right it's kind of got this horror like story to it like they're like we we weren't sure what it was but there was something that came on this creature came on and slaughtered everybody and i feel like that scene translated so perfectly and beautifully in rogue one as well because it's just he is just like this freak of nature he is this monster that's just cutting them down like and that's exactly what that scene is. The music is mm-hmm. like a horror scene. And then most of all is the, the, the character screaming, help us, right? Like, and then the one who gets impaled finally as the door opens. I mean, this is literally just a monster attacking. It's just as terrifying as a wampa coming at you, but even more so mm. because it's not just a creature. He's not doing this for survival. He's doing this in some level because he enjoys the sport of it. So, yeah. yeah. They were animals and I slaughtered them like animals. Yeah. I hate, I hate them. them. Oh, yeah. Oh, Katie, that scene just pulls my heart. I strings. know. <laughs> but that is my Katie. Note. Is have my you one. have you read Lords of the Sith, Katie? No, I haven't. Oh, it's oh so you should. Good. You would love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so good. It's, but no, it, yeah. it is good. It is very good. It, it's it's all about Vader and Palpatine and and going up against Chomps and Dula. Yeah. Um, I'll go, I'll it go is. to the library tomorrow. Don't Orange think I won't. Taz in it too. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's favorite everyone's favorite senator Orn Frita. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <Orn> Frita. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but the but the story be, I mean the novel begins with this like horrifying scene with Vader and it's similar to like, what happens in Rogue One. It's awesome. Oh so, man. Yeah, it's but, really good. Yeah, um, that's that's my number one monster moment 
It's Darth oh, Vader getting to be the monster. So that that narrowly missed my list, but I decided I wanted to put you know, wait, there's a beast um, on my <laughs> list instead. So, I love it. No, thank um, you. Thanks for giving so very different scenes. For very sure, very different scenes. But I wanted to have some sort of variety. So love it. So Katie, what's your number one? My number one is the Rathdar. Oh. <laughs> God. <laughs> I love them. But do they scare me? Or do I want to give them a hug? I you feel like I'm give giving them, them away. You want to give them yeah. a hug? Yeah. <laughs> you want to give them a hug? I do. I no. No. They are a lawnmower. They are a mini lawnmower <laughs> version of a Sarlacc. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes, <laughs> they are. The part, the part where... The part where like Finn and Ray round a corner and there's a Brathar just chomping on like four dudes and Ray like covers her mouth like oh like ugh <laughs> like she can't she can't handle what she's seeing like <laughs> freaking die I love it I love it so much I love that they're just like these little murder balls but they can't like handle a door. You know, it's just all like death, 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 door. Oh, wait, door. We can't. You guys, I don't know what to do. There's a door. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just little whirly dervishes of death. And and they couldn't even like break through glass. Oh, my gosh. I love them. What little stupid, perfect idiots. (laughs) I love Rathbar so much. And of, and then course, of course they show up in the mall comic. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, I loved it. The the uh what year was it? Was it last year? Twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen mall comic? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think it was twenty seventeen mall comic. Uh starts off with Maul going on a raftar hunt. Because he because got a he's lot. bored. Exactly. That's exactly it. He's bored. Palpatine keeps sending him on these like nothing missions where he just gets to like assassinate one dude and it's like not even a challenge. He's bored. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go hunt Rathars. And without I'm gonna, my lightsaber. Without my right. lightsaber. I'm just going to bring a stick. That's all. That's all I'm going to bring. He like he brought a posse with him, mostly just to show him where the nest was. And he was all like, you guys going to want to stay back. And the guys are all like, what? No, we're not going to hang back. And the Rathars just eat the whole posse. And Maul's like, what I say? Hey, wh- <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I... Rathars are not my favorite monsters, but that is a fun action sequence. It's a fun monster sequence. Um, I uh, the design is odd to me because they are. It's just like this this bouncy, squishy, giant ball of teeth and tentacles. You know, it's like what what is you know? Huh? They're just yeah. the, the fact that they are just so like squishy looking they just look like like you know like i could give them a big old hug and they would just be like squeak they also, <laughs> they also feel like they were like one of those like remember those kids toys that were like really gooey you'd squeeze it and then like yeah. something would kind of like kind of like bubble out as well yeah you know, yeah like the gel those. Would, that's exactly except like you know 10 feet long so i could just wrap my arms oh yeah. i can't even <laughs> get my arms around it you can't get your yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the other side, they'd be my friends. I would tame them. They wouldn't bite me. They would just eat everybody else. And if they did get violent, I would just step on the other side of the door. Again, like, probably. (laughs) I don't think that's how that works, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think 
they're easily tamed. I mean, didn't Han say that they had a crew? Yeah. They used to have a bigger crew. They used to have a bigger crew. Some of that crew you know. is inside those Rathars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really have anything to say. I've, I, I don't, I don't particularly like the Rathars. Um, I don't like hate them, but they're just, I think they're weird. I also think that sequence, that sequence always took me out of that movie because it feels like a weird Firefly movie or something all of a sudden. It's mainly because of the design of the ship yeah. more than anything. I like Firefly like, though, so. <laughs> I, I've, I've only ever seen the movie and I enjoyed it. And it's not mm-hmm. like a dislike of Firefly. It's just Firefly is mm. not Star Wars. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that that particular scene always took me out of the movie a bit. I it's typically I just fast forward through it. Um, yeah, fair to stay in edge. Yeah. I, I love the little verbal showdown with Han and the gangs because it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Um, but Tell yeah. that to Kanja Club. <laughs> yeah. Right. Obviously. Right. That scene. Be. I mean that that line became infamous instantly. Um, yes. But no, I totally well, I just, like I I totally respect that that choice, Katie. Like it, they are certainly terrifying. There's no doubt about that because they're just yeah. a ball of teeth and tentacles. I mean, they're they're the scary things that we've already talked about. I mean, it is. It's a rolling sarlacc. So, I mean, that's terrifying. So, yeah, they're they're not pleasant. Yeah. Um, but none of the none of the, the things except Chewie um, in this whole night are pleasant um <laughs> right so well, what is your number one? Oh, my number one if you are paying attention you know what it is um already but i i, I couldn't decide between a name on this one oh. so i called it um either cyclops with two eyes uh or oh no the rancor um so- <laughs> <laughs> oh no the cyclops with two eyes yes yeah, so- oh no cyclops with two eyes um no i i the Rancor has always and will forever be my favorite creature monster in Star Wars. No doubt about it. Hands down, you know, it, it, the it's actually probably the, one of the most involved of the monster sequences we get, even though it's relatively short. You know, it's and it's such a classic monster sequence you know he, there's this monster in this pit it eats the guard that fell in with you your hero has to fight it and you barely make it out alive you know that sort of thing you know after almost being eaten a couple of times um <laughs> but you know it, it's it's this giant lumbering you know creature that's all hands and teeth and um I don't know. I've always been fascinated by the Rancors. I've always loved the Rancors. Uh, they are my favorite, favorite creatures in Star Wars. Um, and so this is a pure nostalgia pick. Um, no doubt about it. Um, I'd love to see more Rancors in Star Wars. Um, there was like two seconds where they were in the Clone Wars on Felucia um, mm-hmm. in season two. <laughs> you know, but they yeah. were walking away and had nothing else to do with the story. Um <laughs> So, uh, but, um, I'm always a big fan of like games and stuff that have a, a rancor sequence in them. And I was like, yes, yeah. this level over and over again. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it, there's, I have a, an odd and slightly disturbing fascination with rancors. Um, so <laughs> awesome. they look so cool. Uh, and, and I've, I've got you know, the, the latest, uh, iteration uh, of the Rancor in my closet here, you know, the, the 
was it the vintage line? I forget which line it was, but there's the, um, he, he's got the big giant arms and the opening mouth and everything that the, the action figure version of it. And I, uh, it's great. Um, it's awesome. But, um, yeah, Rancor's yeah. the you know, best. I think part of like what I've always loved about the Rancor as well, and it makes sense that I fell in love with it as a kid, is there's something very dinosaur-like about a Rancor, too. Right? Yeah. Like, and what yeah. kid doesn't love a dinosaur? So Right, <laughs> right. And then, of course, I always go back, and, and when I talk about the opening, you know, section of Return of the Jedi, I always refer to it back, you know, refer back to it as kind of the odyssey hmm. of Star Wars. Um, and that's why I called the Rancor the Cyclops, because, you know, this is the Cyclops fight with Odysseus. You know, he gets trapped in the cave and he has to, you know, put the Cyclops eye out in order to escape mm-hmm. uh, and lose his men in the process, you know, dinner. Um, but, you know, it's and that's always been one of the the more interesting sections of the Odyssey to me that um, so it's, you know, polyphemous, uh, not a nice man. The Rancor. It's a very hungry creature. Um, I don't know. I've always, you know, liked the the parallel there uh, between the Odyssey and the, you know ancient giant stories and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and the Rancor. So I've always kind of liked those those connections. But Rancor's my guy. I'm always gonna <laughs> love him. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to sit on his shoulder or anything because I feel like in the minute he's his stomach gr- stomach growls, um, I get eaten. But you know, <laughs> I love rancors. Yeah, they're so cool looking. I feel like if rancors can be tamed, Rathars can be tamed. I'm just saying. Yeah, just put that out there. Absolutely. In, in legends, in legends, the Night Sisters tamed them. They rode yeah. them. They were, you know, they did. They helped them build their cities. You know, it was a really fascinating thing. So yeah, no, if we could tame, you could tame a rancor. I, I definitely would, would get one. I'm just gonna keep talking about Star Wars: The Old Republic because you can get that as a mount is a Dasamiri rancor, and then your character rides around on its back, and it's it's fantastic. <laughs> That's amazing. It's that awesome. That it really is. Um, Darth Maul on a rancor. Make it happen, Disney. <laughs> Give the people what they want, and the people want Darth Maul on a rancor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And the people equal, you know, us. Um, us yeah. We speak for the people because yes. <laughs> we are people. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there you go, everyone. There are our favorite monster moments in Star Wars. Um, you guys know what we did? What? We did the mash. <laughs> we did the monster mash. The monster mash. <laughs> um, so you know, as as we close this episode out, of course, as always, we want you to be able to participate in the conversation, which of course you can easily do just by you know feel free to comment anywhere that we share the episode. But a more direct way, of course, is we've got a poll for you for next episode, which is pretty simple. What's your favorite Star Wars monster? So, um, I mean, this could be a character. This could be a creature. Um, it does. We're not asking for a moment. We're just asking you for your favorite Star Wars monster. So yeah. definitely be sure to, to respond to that for, for next week's episode. I already know my answer. 
think I know mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just talked about him, so this should be no surprise <laughs> when when next week rolls around and I'm like, Rancor! Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, everybody. There's Jason's pick for next week, so be sure I to give us it. yours. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to, you know, sway the vote at all. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely be sure to participate in that poll. And and like I said, um, at the end of the episode, right? If you want to stick around, we've got a uh, the next episode of the New Hope Radio Drama as well. Yes, excellent. Um, well, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup um, or just comment on anything else we've discussed here in the episode or anything else Star Wars that crosses their minds, <laughs> where can people do that? Uh, I would recommend first and foremost is our Twitter. So follow us at Wampas Lair. Um, we're also on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can send us emails at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, we've got a Patreon page. So if you want some uh, extended content, head over to patreon.com slash Wampas Lair Podcast. Um, and of course, Katie, you've got a pretty active uh, Twitter. Uh, how can folks follow you? You can, guys can find me on Twitter at Poe Hot Dameron, and you're absolutely right, Carl. It's it's lit. <laughs> it is over lit. there, very active, <laughs> like the Halloween lights behind you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else before we uh, monster mash our way out of here? I do not believe so. Yeah, no, that'll do it. Yeah, no, find find my uh, spooky Halloween decorations on Twitter. I will definitely post a selfie of me podcasting tonight. So come find that. <laughs> do it. Do it now. <laughs> All right. And with that, we are going to end this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 306, Monster Mash. For Carl and Katie, I'm Jason. And we will see you next time here. The slam. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, Luke, Ben, R2-D2, and C-3PO are bound for Mose Eisley spaceport in Luke's land speeder. There, they hope to find passage off Tatooine for the planet Alderaan to deliver R2 and his crucial message safely into rebel hands. Luke? Luke? Huh? You've let us drift off course again. What? Most Eisley spaceport is that way, over that ridge. Oh, yeah, right. That's the third time you've strayed, Luke. If you're tired, I could take over the controls or C-3PO. No, no, no. It's just... I can't get it out of my mind, Ben. What they did to my aunt and uncle. Keep seeing it over and over. I understand, Luke. But I'm all right, really. How are you two doing back there? Hanging on, 3PO? Oh, yes, sir. How's R2? He says he's very well, thank you, sir. Luke, pull up there by the summit of the ridge. I want to take a moment's pause before we push on to Mos Eisley. have a good view from up here. Ah, there it is, Luke. Mos Eisley Spaceport. Uh, looks rather shoddy and disreputable for the spaceport. Uh, if you don't mind me saying so, sir. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy in the whole galaxy. Come, Luke. We'll take a closer look. Ben. Hmm? I'll be all right. I promise. I won't let you down. No, I believe you won't, Luke. If you knew something of the Force, its mental disciplines would be of great help to you now. But we shall have to wait until after we've left this planet to begin your training. For now, you must give your full attention to our mission. Our chances of success are small enough as it is. When we've reached our destination, there will be time to let your feelings come forth. You're sure we can find passage to Alderaan down there? Nothing is sure, Luke. But our best chance of doing it, and doing it without attracting attention, lies down there in Mos Eisley. Tramp freight haulers, smugglers, and pirates of all types pass through there constantly. Oh, I've heard some wild stories about it. There are a few questions asked down there, and most of those can be answered simply enough with cash. People mind their own business. It enhances their life expectancy. We should find just the sort of tough mercenary characters we need. You sound as if you've done this kind of thing before. When I was a Jedi Knight and thereafter, I became familiar with a good many unusual people and places, my young friend. What are we going to do about the droids? They could attract a lot of attention. We shall have to deal with that problem as it arises. We certainly can't risk leaving them behind. R2 is far too important and 3PO already knows too much for us to chance his falling into the hands of the Empire. Ben... That girl in the message R2 brought you, she said that she was... <laughs> what? If we were at the High Court of Alderaan, you'd be expected to refer to her as Your Highness or the Princess Leia Organa. But I fancy that uh, under the circumstances, she wouldn't mind if you referred to her with more brevity. Okay, princess, then. She said that the information stored in R2's memory banks was vital to the rebellion. What do you think it is? I don't know. But I trust her not to exaggerate. 
We must believe her message absolutely and proceed on the assumption that the fate of the Rebel Alliance rests with us and with our two. And she said her ship was under attack. Do you think she's all right? She is alive, almost certainly, but I don't doubt her circumstances are difficult. Imperial Inquisitors have some ugly ways of obtaining information from prisoners. She will have the means to resist for some while, but not indefinitely. It's one more reason for us to make haste to Alderaan. Come, we have business to attend to. To Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley's crawling with Imperial stormtroopers, Ben. You almost never see him on Tatooine. Yes, there are more than I had foreseen. Maybe we should try another way off world. No, our best hope still lies here. There seems to be a checkpoint up ahead. Take this side street. Well, I guess it's like you said. The Empire's not stopping at anything to find 3PO and R2. The stormtroopers are not the opposition I fear most. The Emperor has other, more fearsome servants at his command. Darth Vader? The one who killed my father? He's the uh, one... I believe that's another Imperial checkpoint, Luke. There seems to be no getting round I could turn around, make a run for it. It'd seal off the exit routes. Besides, that would put us right back where we started. Uh-oh, that stormtrooper ahead is signaling for me to stop. Best to brazen it out. Do as he says and follow my cues. Answer any questions they ask, but otherwise let me do the talking. Fine with me. R2, 3PO, don't say a word. Yes, sir. You there, driver? Yes. How long have you had these two droids? Um... About three or four seasons. They're there for sale if you want them. I've got no use for them. We're looking for two stolen ones. You, let me see your identification and the ownership for these droids. But uh, I... You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. You can go on about his business. You can go on about your business. Move along, Luke. Move along. Move along. Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Are they looking at us? Mm, no, they've stopped a robo-hauler. I dare say they've forgotten us already, Luke. And nobody's following us? All the stormtroopers back there at the checkpoint seem otherwise occupied to me. <laughs> ben, how did we get past them? I thought we were dead for sure. You know, the Force can have a strong influence on the weak-minded. You will find it a powerful ally. But how they in the... Turn off here and go to the end of that side street. There's a cantina there. That's where we'll find what we're looking for. So many non-humans in one place. Look, there's a myriad hammerhead over there. 
a Stofo Lupinoid. <laughs> look, a couple of Tin Tin Dwarves. Otto, look. Even the humans don't look human. This cantina is a meeting ground and a place of business for half the shady goings on in this part of space. Now stay close to me. R2 and 3PO, you too. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, you. Huh? We don't serve that guy in here. <laughs> what? Your droids. They'll have to stay outside. We don't want them in here. Well, Ben, It's uh, best to do as he says. We don't want to attract attention. You think we should risk leaving them alone? Now, there shouldn't be any problem so long as 3PO and R2 stay with the land speeder. If anything goes wrong, they can summon us from the doorway. Should I stay with them? No. It's best to have someone to guard one's back in this kind of place. Whatever you say. Listen, 3PO, why don't you and R2 wait outside by my speeder? We don't want any trouble. I heartily agree with you, sir. You heard what Ben said? Yes, sir. If there's any problem, we'll signal you from the doorway. Back we go, R2. Uh, 3PO? Yes, Master Luke? I'll bring you something. Oh, thank you. Here, let's step up to the bar. Excuse me. Uh, that spaceman standing there strikes me as a likely fellow with whom to make our preliminary inquiries. Uh, order something for yourself, Luke. This may take some time. Okay. Excuse me, my friend. Huh? But I wonder if I might have a word with you. You're a Karelian spacer, are you not? What about it? I'm in the market to charter a fast starship, and I've been told by those in the know that the Corellian vessels are among the very best. You heard right. Except that Corellians aren't among. We are the best. Ah, splendid. And would you by any chance know of a starship that's available for hire? If you'd have come in here yesterday, you could have had mine. But I'm committed to a charter. I raise ship tonight. A pity. Uh, perhaps you could recommend someone else. Well, there aren't too many Corellians in port right now. And anybody else would be just a second raider. Let's see now. Oh, yeah, there's the Falcon. Falcon? The Millennium Falcon. Han Solo ship. And would this uh, Han Solo be available at present for a job? <laughs> I'd be surprised if he wasn't. <laughs> Han ain't been doing so well lately. He was around here a little while ago. In fact, there's his first mate standing over there. Mm -hmm. The giant shaggy one. A Wookiee. That's right, but a damn good first mate and co-pilot all the same. Hey, Chewbacca, come here. I got somebody for you to meet. Here's your drink, Ben. Oh, thank you, Luke. What do you say, Chewbacca? This fellow here's looking for a ship. No, just one quick trip. You understand the Wookiee language? Some, yes. Thank you, friend. You've been of great assistance to me. Yeah, sure, old timer. Glad to oblige. Guess I'll be shoving off. Clear skies to you, Chewbacca. The Millennium Falcon. Is that the name of your ship? I was told she's fast. No, that will be more than satisfactory. I'm not looking for anything elaborate, Chewbacca. Just quick passage to Alderaan. He doesn't like you, boy. I don't either. You just watch yourself. Sorry. Chewbacca, is your Captain Solo available to discuss terms of hiring? What a man, sonny. I've got the death sentence on me in 12 solar systems. Oh, I'll be careful. Uh, pardon me a moment, Chewbacca. You'll be dead. Just a moment, please, my friend. This little one here isn't worth the effort. Come, let me buy you and your companion there something to drink. Stay out of this, Grandpa. I'll fix you when I finish with this little fool. <laughs> now for you, you No blasters! That old man, he just about sliced Rope Boy in half. And he lopped Sharky's arm clean off. Luke, are you hurt? 
Hey, you. The band. Who told you could take a break? Get back to work. Show's over, everybody. Are you all right, Luke? I knocked my head on something, but I'll be okay. Hey, some of you get those bodies out of here. Go on, or you'll never get another free drink from me. Ben, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Your lightsaber It's was... a last resort, Luke. Never forget that. Now, this is Chewbacca. He is... A Wookiee? <laughs> I've never seen a real live Wookiee before. Uh, yes, quite. But he's also first mate and co-pilot on a ship that might suit our needs. His captain is nearby somewhere. Chewbacca will bring him to speak to us. Gosh, Ben, he's enormous. Yes. Now we must find a booth somewhere out of the way where we can wait. Ah, come, Luke. Artu, do you see that large reptilian creature tethered over there, the one wearing the saddle? I believe that is what they call a dewback, the creature Master Luke was telling me about. What? Imperial stormtroopers, where? Oh, to be taking up positions to search the area. Come along, Artu. We have to go and attract Master Luke's attention from the cantina doorway. Oh, oh, oh. Watch it, Joy. Do you think you're shoving? I do beg your pardon, sir, but I wasn't shoving you. And I say you were. Oh. Go on, beat it before we take a wrench to your boat. Oh, that won't be necessary, sir. Come along, Artu. Damn, boy. Looks like the stormtroopers are forming up for a house-to-house search. Our only recourse is to hide. What do you mean, what if we can't? How should I know? I'm not programmed for deception and suspect behavior like some that I could mention. You're the one that got us into all this. Why don't you think of something? Oh, look, more stormtroopers. We're trapped. What should we do? What do you mean I'm supposed to be the intelligent one? I... Wait. That huge droid lot over there, come on. When we get there, Artu, stand at the end of the display line with me. Keep perfectly still. Don't make a sound. What can I do for you? You bought or sold any droids in the last few days? Nah, business has been off. Last stock I moved was ten days ago. I haven't purchased any in even longer. You want to see my sales records? Not necessary. There will be a verification team by later. Come on, come on, and make sure you try every door you pass. If any are open, take a quick check inside. Yeah, I wonder what that was all about. Hey, 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 what says? What are you two doing standing there? Well, uh, our master instructed us to wait here, sir. He's canvassing the area to see if anyone wants any household maintenance jobs done. Well, don't stand right here on my lot, you half-wit. People will think you belong to me. Oh. I got enough trouble selling these old clunkers without you hanging around confusing things. Now move! Moving, sir. Come on, Artu. Shh. Darn pesky droids. There's not one of them has the brains of a womp rat. Boy, this guy's sure taking his time, Ben. I think this is him now. Hello, gents. I'm Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon. I'm pleased to meet you, Captain Solo. When we first met Chewbacca here, tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. 
is that right? That is a fact we are. If yours is a fast ship. Fast ship? You mean to tell me you've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? Should I have? Where have you been? The Falcon's the ship that made the Kessel run at less than 12 parsecs. Now, which would make you a spice smuggler, is that correct? <laughs> well, why don't, why don't we just say that I'm an independent businessman? Very independent. In the best Corellian tradition? Yeah, I've been known to Vendelar to on occasion. I've outrun Imperial warships. Not the local boat cruisers, mind you, but the big ships of the line. The Falcon's fast enough for you, old man. I believe we understand one another, you and I. What's the cargo? Only passengers. Myself, the boy here, two droids, and no questions asked. What is it you're running from? Some sort of local trouble? Let's just say that we'd prefer to avoid any imperial entanglements. Well, that's the trick, isn't it? And it's going to cost you something extra. Ten thousand. What? In advance. Ten thousand? We could almost buy our own ship for that. Yeah, but who's going to fly it for you, kid? You? You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot, Mike. Come on, then. We don't have to sit here and Easy, Luke. Captain Solo, we haven't that much cash with us, but we could pay you 2,000 now plus 15 more when we get to Alderaan. 17, huh? Okay, you guys have got yourself a starship. Good. Oh, just a friendly word of advice. I'd better get the rest of my money when we hit Alderaan. Me and my partner don't like it when somebody tries to cheat on a deal. You needn't worry. We'll keep our end of the deal if you live up to yours. I'd call that a real wise attitude, old man. We'll leave as soon as you're ready. Docking Bay 94. 94. We'll meet you there with the money shortly. Oh, good. Hey, I saw what was left of a couple of small-time punks being carted out the front door a while ago. Your handiwork? I had no choice. They forced the fight. Well, no loss to society, but it looks like those stormtroopers over there noticed the remains. Dan? Wait, Lou. Uh-uh, they're headed this way. I suggest the back door, gents. Right over there. Thank you, Captain Solo. Pleasure's mine. We'll meet you at the docking bay. Come, Luke. Right. Have you seen anything of an old man and a boy? Oh, uh, no. Chewy? No. But then it's not our job to watch people, is it? Bartender. I thought you said they came over here. I said I thought they did. Look, I got other things to do besides keep an eye on every single customer. All right, man, we'll check out the back door. Follow me. <laughs> yeah, those two guys must really be desperate. 17,000. This could really save my neck, Chewy. I wonder who they are. You say he dropped those two with a lightsaber? Who uses one of those antiques anymore? Me either. Still, we gotta play the hand the way it's dealt. Job of the hut's getting a little anxious to be paid off. You go collect our gear. I got a couple of things to do. I'll meet you back at the Falcon. We'll get ready to raise ship. Una puta solo. Sure, I'm going somewhere, Greedo. Put your gun up. I was on my way to see your boss. Tell Job of the Hut that I got his money. Song <laughs> Anything you say, Greedo. Just don't get nervous with that thing. <clears throat> you don't mind if I put my feet up and relax, do you? It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, Greedo, but this time I really got the money for Java. 
I haven't got it with me. I just picked up a job. Tell Heater and Jabba the Hutt that. Come on, take him. Thank you, Rolly. Pulianya Urwans, but Ika Kushuku on Podwa Tripi. Look, even I get boarded sometimes. I had to dump that load of spice. Do you think I had a choice? Jabba, Bupa, Kupakni at Apampa. Over my dead body. Chess pokotota Krista Tango. Yeah, I'll bet. Rest in peace, Guido. I can shoot just as well under a table as a crossed one. Hey, bartender. Yeah. Here. That's for your trouble. <laughs> Sorry about the mess. Now you've done it, Solo. Heater's gonna want your neck for sure. Yeah, you feel like standing in for him? Uh, no, I didn't mean nothing. Then get I... out of my way. I'm raising ship. Sure, sure. Hey, and if you see Heater or Jabba the Hutt, tell him I'll be back in a day or two. I got a little quick money to make. Two droids, a young farm boy, and a veteran Jedi Knight caught up in a dangerous but vital mission are now joined in their journey by a reckless pair of smugglers and soldiers of fortune. Against them, an empire moves with all the power at its command. And the freedom of the galaxy will ride with the next liftoff of the Millennium Falcon. Star Wars, Episode 6 by Brian Daly. Based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Bernard Behrens as Ben Kenobi, and Perry King as Han Solo. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman.